Hey, what's going on? It's Dr. Patrick Reyes here. Welcome back. And today we're going to be talking about editing, one of the most important things you can do. So as always, clear off that desk, get ready to write, pull up a document. We're about to think through editing. And here's my advice. You don't need an editor. Everything you write should be perfect the first time. In fact, it's good enough. Just write it and send it in. All those drafts we just did, just send it on to your committee. I see a lot of your first drafts, Dr. Reyes. Yikes. Okay, okay. Editing always happens. So I want to walk you through first how to do it. And this is just to say, we edit in all areas of our life. I have a wonderful editor in Elsie Barnhart who does all of the cutting editing of this series, which I just have to say is not a lot. She doesn't cut a lot because everything I put out is gold. Fool's gold. Okay, fine. Enough with the joke. So here's my first invitation to you. Find a great editor that's not you. Spend the next few moments thinking about the people who can read your stuff and give you the critical feedback you need to take the words that you wrote and make sense of them on paper. Write their names down in this document, and I'll bring us back in two minutes. James Baldwin said in an interview for the Paris Review in 1984, you want to write a sentence as clean as a bone. That is the goal. You want to write a sentence as clean as a bone. Now those words from Baldwin get me so excited because I just have to say to you, the writer, this is one of the best invitations you'll ever receive. This invitation to write a sentence as clean as a bone is not just on you. Editors, software, friends, just general conversations about your ideas all help you edit. So I want you to do exactly as Baldwin said. I want you to go to your dissertation, pick any sentence. I don't care which one it is. Pick one sentence, though. 
And I don't care how perfect you think that sentence is. Pull it out. Put it in a separate document, maybe the one you're working in right now. And I want you to rewrite that sentence. See if you can make it as clean as a bone. Do that. And we'll see you back here in three minutes. If you need more time, just hit pause on that recording and you can keep going. The great author, Elie Wiesel, in Collected Essays from New York Times, Writers on Writing, writes, acutely aware of the poverty of my means, language became an obstacle. At every page, I thought, that's not it. So I began again with other verbs and other images. No, that wasn't it either. But what exactly was it I was searching for? It must have been all that eludes us, hidden behind a veil so as not to be stolen, usurped, or trivialized. Words seemed weak and pale. 
which ones could be used to tell of the long journey in sealed cattle cars toward the unknown and of the discovery of a twisted and cold universe where some people come to kill and others to die. And of the separation during nights engulfed by flames, the brutal disruption of families, what words could describe them? And the disappearance of the small Jewish child, so wise and beautiful, when she smiled, killed together with her mother the very night of their arrival. Before these images, all words disintegrate and fall lifeless into ashes. What I love about Elie Wiesel is saying is that for so many of us, for scholars of color especially, for those of us who write about tragedy, who are trying to recover, reclaim, the editing process, finding the right words, is a radical act to honor our people and our ancestors. So here's your second invitation. To edit a scene that you paint in your writing. Pick any passage in your dissertation. I want you to ask yourself this question. If my ancestors were reading this, if those who I am trying to represent in this text read this, would the language capture the moment, the pain, the joy of the experience I'm trying to express on paper? Take just one paragraph and say, are these the right words? Don't just ask yourself the question. Insert the words that help you get to capturing the emotion of the embodied experience of the research process. And so I'm going to leave you alone for about five minutes so that you can spend some time with your writing.
Now that you've done a little bit of work with writing, you have a sentence as clean as a bone, you got this paragraph that you've worked through, some deep stuff. The next stage of your writings, you have to send it off to someone. I just have to say that everything I send off to Elsie Barnhart, who is my editor extraordinaire, is perfect. It's always crystal clear. She just is able to take it and turn into this perfect little podcast. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, I get that. Even my stuff needs to be edited, and you have to send it off to someone. So here's the invitation. You have to find a great editor to send your stuff to. So that great paragraph you just created, I want you to send it to someone, anyone. It can be your formal editor if you have one. It can be your neighbor, your friend. It could be your dad. It could be your cousin. It could be your grandma. I don't care who you send it to. Highlight it and send it off and say, how would you make this better? So go ahead and send that paragraph off. Now that you've sent that off over email, what you're going to get back is an edited version of your work. So we're just going to put that aside, but I'm going to give you a little insight. When you get that, don't just take it and argue with every point how they messed up your words. This is a gift they're giving you. They gave you a gift of time. They gave you a gift of energy to try and help you get your best self out there into the world, your best scholarship into the world. So take their suggestions seriously. If you're like me and an artist or see yourself as an artist who thinks your first drafts are better than anything, my practice is I just accept all the changes that Elsie sends me. And then I read it as if it's a new paragraph. I write a really beautiful thank you note to the editor, and I read it as a new set of words that I can now reimagine again in the context of all the other things I have to write. And that's because I've let go of my original writing. It is now better, and I'm grateful because of the editing process. I have to let go of my sense of control, and this reader has given me a gift of what I tried to give and try to match it to what my hopes were. And so I'm going to say thank you. So as you imagine how you might respond to it, I want you to imagine this piece coming back and prepare yourself for what comes back and receive it as a gift. So take just a minute to settle down into this reception of your work. I know how hard this is. You worked really hard on those words and they're about to change them, but they're helping you get to where you are. So take a moment to breathe. There's no writing going on right now. And be ready to receive this gift from your editor. So now that you've taken a moment to breathe, I want to invite you into the practice of being an editor. One of the best ways to learn how to edit your own work is to become an editor yourself. This one comes from line by line, how to edit your own writing. This one book that shows you how to make what you say as good as what you mean by Claire Cook. She writes in chapter one, bad prose proliferates because writers model their style on what they read most and their daily fare, whether textbooks, reports, memorandums, or newspapers, abounds in circumlocution. Educators, sociologists, scholars, lawyers, bureaucrats, technicians, and business executives are all notorious producers of gobbledygook. And here's what I love about this invitation line by line. Think about your wordy sentences. Hey, dissertations are a mess. They are so much research. You've got so many ideas. And sometimes you forget where one period ends a sentence and the another one begins a sentence. Dr. Cook says, quote, you can almost detect a wordy sentence by looking at it. She goes on to say, at least if you can recognize weak verbs, ponderous nouns, and strings of preposition phrases. 
Each of these features typifies prolixity, and they often occur in combination. So I encourage you to look for those clunky sentences. You know those sentences. You're an academic. You probably have a sentence that goes on for two paragraphs. Sometimes they have weak verbs. This is the to be, am, are, is, was, here, were, being, been, or passive, believed, was, seen, has been, those things that were. Put them together and we don't quite know where we're going, where we start a sentence and it never ends because we don't actually know when we started writing, what we were thinking about, when we didn't have any intention of finishing the sentence in the first place, and we just end up rambling on and on and on, find those sentences and delete them. Like this sentence? Yeah, I'll see. This would be one of those sentences that you could potentially delete, but I think it makes a point. So maybe it's intentional. I need you, writer, to go into your writing and find the clunkiest sentence you can find. Read your dissertation, and the first clunky sentence you find, highlight it. The first long sentence that seems to never end, and... Delete, delete, delete. I get that. I'm doing it again. I'm rambling. But you're supposed to be looking... For your own ramble in your own writing, find it and break it down. And what I mean by break it down, throw periods in there, throw it into a sentence, insert more verbs, active verbs, get excited about the idea that you can make that sentence jump off the page. You can fix it. Find that one passage, and I want you to see it and edit it. Dissertation writer, I have one more piece of advice of why this is so critical that you do this work. This comes from William Germanos from Dissertation, a book, and he writes, quote, academic publishers believe that scholars can reach more readers, even if that only means more scholarly readers without jeopardizing the quality of scholarship, end quote. He goes on to say, revising your dissertation isn't getting to yes, it's getting to more more clarity in the writing, more clearly defined purpose in the structure, more potential readers. It takes determination to do that. Though, as well as understanding that writing isn't merely the vehicle for conveying one's information, shape, voice, narrative, line, density, length, you'll need to get these right in order to turn a manuscript into a book. Even scholarly work is subject to that great law. How you write matters as much as what you have to say. Now, what I want you to do is imagine yourself as a writer. You are no longer just a doctoral student. You are no longer just presenting that great paper. You are a writer, a writer of great work that we need to read. Coming from someone who is not a great writer, who spends a lot of time in the editing room and dealing with the painful reality that, yes, not every first draft is perfect, like I said, and yes, I need Elsie Barnhart to edit even these podcasts. It's important to me that editing is part of this process. It's important for you to get your book out there. Becoming a great writer, imagining yourself as a great writer, is to write a great sentence. It's to see yourself as a writer. That is your profession. So here's what I want you to do. Your final act is editing someone else's work, not yours. I know this is a departure from everything you've been writing in this series, but I want you to pull off your favorite book, your favorite one. I mean the one that you can't live without, the one you recommend to everyone else. I want you to pick up your favorite book. I'll wait right here. And here's my invitation to you. Be a great editor. Look at the first two sentences in that book. Make them even better. Even the greatest line can be edited.
I hope you had a good time editing those lines. Even my favorite opening lines that I love to look at time and time again were edited. Ships at a distance have every man's wish on board. Their eyes were watching God. 124 was spiteful, full of baby's venom, beloved. As Gregor Samsa woke one morning from uneasy dreams, he found himself transformed in his bed into a gigantic insect, metamorphosis. The drum first came to me in the mirror when I was six. Earlier that day, my friend Mario, while hanging from the monkey bars in the sand park, said, Why does your face look like that? There, there. All that you touch, you change. All that you change changes you. The only lasting truth is change. God is change. Parable of the Sower. Ultima came to stay with us the summer I was almost seven. When she came, the beauty of the unknown unfolded before my eyes, and the gurgling waters of the river sang to the hum of the turning earth. Bless me, Ultima. These are just a few lines of my favorite books, and they were all edited. Someone had to edit these sentences to be what they are today and trust your editors to help you land that line so you can make a difference in the world with your writing. Editing is such an important part of the writing process. I want you to take away three things from this section in the series. One is get an editor. I don't know who it is. If it's your friend, your family, or if you want to pay an editor like I do, that is absolutely critical to your writing. Writing is a relationship between the writer and the reader, and the editors help us bridge that gap between the two. So find an editor. Number two, take your time to make your language come alive. You're a writer. Inspire us with your writing. Spend time honing your craft, learning from those who have written before. Talk to those who have published books and articles. Ask them about their writing process. Geek out on writing. And three, know that everything can be written and rewritten to sound just a little bit better. We want to close the gap between the heart of the writer and the heart of the reader. So turn your dissertation over. Let it be edited. This is an opportunity to end, and editors always help you find the ending. So I'm going to let Elsie help us find our ending. You know, for once, Doc, I don't think I can improve on your advice. You got this one just right. Thank you for joining us on this session on writing. Please share this series with a friend or a colleague who you think would benefit from these writing prompts. FTE wants to help you get your work into the world. You can find this resource, this series. You can find our podcast, The Sound of Jane, where we talk to writers, scholars, and leaders in the field about their vocational journey, their craft, and our many other resources at ftleaders.org. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for allowing us to be a small part of your writing journey. 